Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome to your Wednesday night hoop heads here on SENZ. This is Casey Frank with Justin Nelson to get into all the hoops that's fit to talk about. And there is a lot going on as we come into the business end of the Sal's MBL as well as the Toihi Atairoa Basketball League. There is fantastic hoops all over the place. And I welcome back Justin Nelson once again. Justin, how are we as we're in the thick of things in the basketball world? Yeah, g'day, mate. Look, it's it's incredible, isn't it? That it's a smorgasbord of basketball right now. But you know, this build up to the final six and the machinations of who can, who can't, who will, who won't actually be there uh, with us in Auckland next week. Uh, it, it really has captured the hearts and minds not only of basketball fans but sports fans in general. It's it's been quite amazing. Oh, there's nothing like some math problems at the end of a season when teams are trying to figure out whether or not they're in. They may be, they won't be. We'll get into that a little bit later. But to start, let's just recap what was a, a, a week of not the closest games, but some very important games across the competition. Uh, of course, it started out with the Otago Nuggets. Uh, taking down the Southland Sharks 102-87, a vital win for the Nuggies in a game where Keith Williams was once again really solid. Yeah, and no Todd Withers. Let's not forget that he missed that game. Uh, Nico McCulloch, just fantastic uh, addition back into that team. You know, I did think going into that we're going to see them at full strength, but with Withers a late withdrawal, uh, we still don't see the best of the Nuggets. But well, they've got a big game coming up this week. We'll talk about that more later. Just on the Sharks, uh, you know, that, that was a disappointing loss. You get yourself up for that, you know, that, that near-rival contest, and they would be, mm. you know, they would have come out of that really disappointed. Yeah, definitely. It was a tough, tough week for the Sharks. You know, put a cap on the tough season. Uh, I mean, sadly, the 15-point uh, defeat was the better of their two games. But yeah, I, I think you're really right about the Nuggets and Nico McCulloch. Uh, the way Nico's playing, I, I think he's actually sort of been the key for this Nuggets team. When they don't have him playing that sometimes point guard, that second secondary defender on the perimeter, they've really struggled to play some of the top-tier teams. But with him back and hopefully Withers back coming for this final week and uh, the finals as well, they look like a, a much more difficult team to stop and I do like him a lot more alongside Trey Boyd than the partnership you know earlier on the season with with Taj McCall I I think Boyd and McCulloch can play off each other a little bit Mm. better yeah, I think, uh, well, I think Taj McCall, he, he, I think everybody's playing better off uh, Trey Boyd <laughs> since Taj McCall left and decided yeah. he wanted to be someplace else. But that's another story. But for now, let's talk about the Taranaki Airs who continue their momentous season challenge uh, all the way up to the top of the ladder just about after a, a really huge come-from-behind victory over the Bulls where they were 18 down in the first half but came back to win by 7, 93-86. 
Yeah, you and I saw this game, uh, Case, and look, there's no doubt the Bulls have to keep winning. And again, they've got a massive uh, round 15 coming up if they are a chance to play in the final six. And as you said, they got out to an 18-point lead in this one. But as we both saw in the flesh, when the Airs just have that glint in their eye, it's almost like somebody is standing on the sidelines hovering over a switch and then they just flick it. And as soon as that happens, man, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, they've been impressive. I, I think even as well as the Saints have been playing offensively, you know, they had that streak of 100-point games before it was broken last night. Uh, I think the Airs are the most dangerous team in transition when they get going. Of course, not at full strength for this game. Down two starters and still were able to come from behind because of the quality of their imports. And as good as Hilliard has been this year, as good as Javante Douglas has been this year, it was Sean Willett for me on that night. He was a, a, just yep. a physical demon. Yeah, no, look, no doubt about it. Uh, he, he did everything at both ends of the floor. And the, the thing that impresses me most about the Airs, and this is why they're a genuine chance. I mean, if they win tomorrow night, they're going to finish top of the table for the regular season. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of that organization. The thing that impresses me the most is the speed that they play at. They know no other way. They just go breakneck speed as much as they possibly can. And... If you defensively don't pull them up early or get back behind that, you're in trouble. You, you can be in trouble. I think uh, they're probably a little bit sloppier than some of the other top teams. They they're, uh, have a tendency to go out there and try and make the highlight play instead of the simple play that'll score, and that may cost them down the stretch, especially once we get to finals basketball, but that makes it pretty entertaining to watch. I don't mind the highlights when I'm out there calling the game. A game with not quite as many highlights was uh, the Rams with an absolute shellacking of the Sharks, a 51-point victory, which not a lot to be said, but let's, we should discuss Matthew Moyer's 19 points and 20 rebounds yeah pretty good wasn't he and you know I think the Rams with that win put the Sharks to one side for a moment I think the Rams just reminded us that they're not done with just mm. yet and in fact you know if you look at the, the the setup of the final six at the moment you know who can make it who can't make it what's going to happen this weekend you know trying to read the tea leaves the matchup on Saturday afternoon between the Hawks and the Rams is quite incredible with what could come out of that game for both of those teams. And, of course, added to that, it's just that mix of Mick Downer, the former Rams coach, now <laughs> coaching the Hawks. You know, that that's another narrative around that game. But I think the Rams with that win and the way in which they did it, uh, I think they just reminded us all that they are still in this contest. Uh, really impressive, especially down Max Darling. Uh, the way Matthew Moyers improved during the season, Taylor Britt back, and of course Sunday Detch, the way he's playing, you know, close to that uh, one of the top players in the league, at least on that short list of MVP c- candidates. Uh, really impressive victory. Uh, tough night for the Sharks, but uh, happy trails to them as their season is almost over. They've got one more to go, so they can still find a little pride in the jersey in the final hit out. Uh, another team whose season is over, but this one actually over, is the Jets, who shorthanded went down to the Hawks 106 to 69 and the Hawks uh, the Hawks or the Rams didn't get a lot of work but they did both show that they have potent offenses when things are going right yeah no doubt about that and you know I think unfortunately for the Jets who I, I actually grade their season uh, you, you know on the upside more so than the downside I think that they've really set the foundations and the culture for going forward I think coach 
Natu uh, Taufalay has done a really good job in, in just changing the direction of that organisation or being a part of that change. Uh, unfortunately, since the Jets had that purple patch uh, case, as you know, they've just been littered with injury and mm. illness and that has not helped them down the stretch this season. But a lot of positives to take away, no doubt. Yeah, I think I think the fans appreciated the effort that those uh, young players gave this year, and they had a solid import trio. Of course, uh, without two of those imports in the final game, it was always going to be a tough night. The Hawks solid, despite their own Arakawa not being able to play. Of course, he did affect the game somewhat from the sideline, as he got a couple of technicals off the bench and had to be uh, asked to leave the leave the bench after that. But uh, uh, good fun for for him in a game that it didn't really matter. Hopefully Hopefully no, no officials take a, to keep that one on and hold it against them. Yeah, and look, I, I think that you know that, that's a bit of a, a side story to, to the result, but it's also not the things, the type of things that you want as a team, especially when you're winning by so much. There's just no need to do that sort of stuff. So Agreed. you're better off staying out of the hot water. You know, you're better off keeping a clean skin and. Uh, you know, I, I think there would have been words from Coach Mick Counter behind the scenes just to uh, just to smarten up with uh, what's a very tough challenge for them coming up. And speaking of hot water, it was a spicy hot matchup between the Wellington Saints and the Nelson Giants just last night. A tight match throughout where the Saints a few times tried to pull away, but the, the class and just the, the fortitude of the Giants never let it go until down the stretch, Xavier Cooks with eight straight points, all class. What a player he is. And for me, really moving up those MVP uh, standings, despite the fact that he hasn't been here for the majority of the season. Yeah, look, I, I agree. Obviously, fresh in my memory, having been there last night, 4,000 fans on a Tuesday night, uh, the atmosphere was just wild. And Look, there's a bit to take away from this game. Obviously, the Saints continue that winning run. I think they're six and one since since Troy McLean uh, took over the reins. Um, th- there's a report that surfaced earlier today from the league to say that the Saints are locked in now; they can't miss. Oh. Um, uh, and I and I and I'll go with that because you know they're, they're the ones you know they're the bean counters that have been sitting there you know with the abacus and, and and the mathematicians on the line and doing everything they can to work it out, but. Um, I think the Saints would still want to finish off strongly on Saturday night, um, given that you know they could finish, I think, fourth, fifth, or sixth on the table, uh, may, maybe even um, uh, a little bit higher, depending on that result on uh, on Saturday against Tuatara. But the stories out of this game: Cooks, absolute superstar, no doubt. Dane Samuel didn't have a great night. Mike Smith, back from illness off the bench, was was really electric for the Giants. You know, and for Giants fans, I wouldn't be too disappointed. Yeah. Um, Trey Morning had foul trouble early, played less than eight minutes of the first half, and then Sam Thompson picked up a fourth foul, and it was a pretty soft foul, to be mm. fair, um, early in the second half, and that impacted his availability in the second half. There was still a fair bit to like about the Giants. Don't forget that they came from 14 down and tied the thing back mm. up before the Saints pushed clear just at the end, with a huge crowd right behind them. Uh, great win by the Saints, no doubt about it. They needed to win. They got the job done. If you're a Giants fan, it's not all doom and gloom. I, I, I think that loss is actually okay. It's more about how they bounce back tomorrow night against the Ears for me. Yeah, absolutely agree. You know, the, the Giants, they're not playing for their playoff lives. The Saints absolutely had to have that win. And despite that, the Giants were right in it. Uh, and because they're not playing for their playoff lives, because as we take a look at the ladder, 
They're sitting on 24 points. They've got the heirs to come in the battle for first place coming up, but we'll talk about that later. The heirs sitting on 22, as we mentioned. They win. They get top seed. The Tuatara sitting on 20 with 10 wins. They can go anywhere from second to sixth, depending on results. The Saints on nine wins, 18 points, along with the Hawks and Nuggets. All those teams have the inside track for a final spot. As we said, the Saints apparently have clinched. I'll leave that to the mathematicians, as you said. Too much work for me. Uh, but the, the Bulls... They still have a chance along with the Rams. They're right in there. If they get in, both on seven and eight wins apiece, 16 points and 14 points, they have to win out to get it done. It's going to be tough. Welcome back to SENZ's Hoopheads. Casey Frank and Justin Nelson here with you on a Wednesday night in the midst of the hoops. But we are upon my favorite segment of the day. It's Justin Nelson's. I'm not buying that crap anymore. It is insane. Have a look at this. You can try and sell it, but Justin Nelson's not buying it. Got a nice little grin on his face sitting next to me. Well, I'll tell you what I'm not buying, Casey, and there's something very similar with what's happening with the officials in the Sellers NBL at the moment. Now, there's been three injuries during games this season, including one last night, (laughs) the Saints and the Giants, and one of the officials had to be replaced during the game. So we've seen it three times this season. Tim Brown, yeah. Dallas Pickering, yeah. and Melanie O'Connor. All very good officials have been officiating for a long, long time, but they've all gone down with lower leg injuries, and there's something very similar about all three. Ooh. Do you know what it is? Uh, the shoes? Is it the shoes? Are they all wearing the same pair of shoes? Uh, they've had a lot of birthdays. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's true. You're not wrong. Uh, at the end of every basketball player's career, when those calves start to go, it's a sure sign that maybe your tr- your preseason training wasn't up to snuff. So uh, maybe a little message for some of the more uh, long-in-the-tooth uh, <laughs> officials that we have. Uh, I didn't say it because uh, I'm afraid I'm going to run into them at some tournament somewhere. So I'm going to let the, I'll let you keep on that one, Justin. No, I just love the fact that you wrote it down for me and made me say it tonight, so good on you. That's great. No one will ever believe it, because if I wanted to say it, I would definitely say it. The rest, though, I can say what I want about them. <laughs> just pay the price later. Uh, on the back of that lovely, we, we always appreciate the, the efforts of the officials, the fantastic job they've done this season. Uh, no, no matter the complaint, so the game can't go without them, without them, and we thank them very much for that. But that brings us to the good, the bad, and the ugly this week. Justin, I am taking... Taking the good because I've had too much talk about bad and ugly, and I just want to, I just want to go and bask in the glory of Xavier Cook's finish last night. Oh yes, yes, just so impressive. I, I mean, it, look, there's a lot of great players in this league, but the way he just put that team on his back, the Nelson Giants come all the way back into it, cut, cut, tied up. They cut down by two when he takes over, but eight straight points, four straight buckets by Xavier Cooks. He was not to be denied. All class. It was just so impressive. Yeah, highlight reel. He, he, you're right. He won that game. I mean, let's 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 be honest. When the game was there to be won, and someone had to step up and uh, and get the job done, it was Xavier Cooks last night. It was an amazing run late in that game. And you and I have spoken about this before, along with Corey Webster. For me, Xavier Cooks and Corey Webster are the two players in this league that just make it look so effortless mm. at times. And you know, Xavier Cooks, you, you can see it in a game. He just has that look in his eye, and you can see when he says, right, get out of my way, I've got the ball, and I'm going to do my thing. He can play the one to the five. He played a lot of the point again in that game last night. He's such a tough matchup. 
And uh, and he's a game winner. He's a game changer, and he's a game winner. He was brilliant last night, but he did leave us with one very comical moment last night as well. I'm not sure if you saw it, but at one stage he had one of those big drives to the basket. He was fouled and went to the Rosine line for the bonus. But after he hit the shot, he turned back walking and signaled his own travel. Uh, it was very, very funny to see. More, uh, the more. fact that a player yeah, had just hit a basket and he's literally turned around to everyone and gone, yeah, that was a travel. <laughs> much more honest than I had ever chosen to be in my career. Uh, I, I, I'd have the fear that if I had called that out to official, they would, oh, is that right? Okay, never mind. Wipe it off. Let's go the other way. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good job, honestly, first. He was obviously raised right. Uh, he used to play for his dad as an assistant coach in the Illawarra, Eric Cooks, uh, and I'm sure I'm sure he did a great job of teaching him the morals, as is evidenced by that move right there. <laughs> what a crack up, though. So what do you got for me on the ugly, though? The, the bad and the ugly, Justin. I hear you combining them this week. Well, I am. I'm going to put the bad and the ugly together because I think it's only um, it, it's only going in one direction for both of those, and that's to the Southland Sharks. We know they haven't had a great season. We know that. And they've had injury and illness and disruption, but every team's had a bit of that during the season. It just hasn't been a good year for them. But last round, those two losses against the Nuggets and especially against the Rams to go down mm. by 50-plus, that was unsharks like and I've got no doubt, even though with that one game to go against the Bulls this week, there would have been just some big-time soul-searching during the week. That, that, that was a stinger for me. And yeah. uh, it, it's bad and ugly, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tough to lose by fifty. <laughs> it's pretty, t- it's not an easy thing to do, and they did it. Unfortunately for them, uh, good news is they got a chance to bounce back and maybe exact a little bit of revenge against another team searching for the finals in the Bulls. But we'll get to those matchups later. For now, let's have a chat about the Toihi basketball Aotearoa, and we're coming towards the business end of this season rather quickly as well. Justin, can you tell us, just bring us through the results from last week? Yeah, so round five, uh, Puakai and the Queens, probably the game of the round for, mm. for the uh, for what we've seen in the last uh, last week. The Queens got up seventy eight to fifty nine. Jamie Nard, we know she's a star. She's a pick thirteen WNBA player. She's the highest drafted WNBA player playing here in this competition. Six of six from downtown, twenty three points in the game. She really led the Queens to uh, I, I think their best win of the season. And, uh, and maybe if they can keep that form up, I think everybody knew that this was the team that had a little bit more in them. You know, Francia Chagas, Alan Gustafsson, Stella Beck, uh, Jamie Nard, amongst others. Uh, they started to show that in that game, I think. Yeah, they're playing really well. When they've come together, they're starting to look like a much stronger team. They figured out how to play with each other, and defensively, they are looking like one of the lockdown teams. And I'll tell you, a team that you're going to have to lock down against is the Northern Kahu. They have been absolutely putting on offensive displays. What a huge win against the Fi, eighty-eight to sixty-four, where they've really found something with this four-guard lineup. Yeah, they haven't. And what the Kahu do is. If you look across their games this season, they're on a nine-game winning streak. They haven't lost a game. But if you, if you look across those wins, in every one of those games, uh, they're either you know just narrowly behind at some stage or they're locked in an arm wrestle for a long time. And then all of a sudden, they just break games open. And it is that, that guard rotation. They've got some classy players. Their ability to break a game open really quickly 
is what sets them apart from the rest at the moment. Yeah, they're just relentless offensively, especially now. I think the last couple of games, they've they've really found something with the strategy, with the four guards, pushing it out, getting up on the rim, and just outrunning teams. They're going to be tough to stop, hence why they're still undefeated. Who's not undefeated, but does have the one win, the Southern Hoyo, uh, lost uh, to the Pohokai, 70-58. to They've been struggling offensively, but there's some good signs coming out of it. Yeah, there is. And I mean, Lena Schneider, for me, is, is going to go close to being the MVP of this competition in a team that will miss the Final Four. Uh, you know, she, she has just been exceptional. She's great to watch. She does a bit of everything. I mean, she's not just a scorer. She's a rebounder. She leads their assists. She leads their steals. She leads their three-point shooting. She's got sore shoulders, Case. I mean, she has <laughs> literally put that team on her back. Uh, and been a star of this competition. The, the big story out of this game uh, was for the Poakai, who lost Mary Goulding uh, with an Achilles injury, and it looks like it's a serious injury. So, you know, we certainly wish Mary a, a speedy recovery, but I think she's going to be on the sidelines for quite some time. Yeah, that's a huge loss. Uh, I think not just on the court, but her leadership that she provides for that squad, that is going to be difficult to overtake. And, of course, uh, just uh, uh, just uh, before we got on air, we've got the Queens in the Hoi Ho playing. Uh, we're going to leave that score to you guys uh, at home just in case you want to watch that one on the replay. But uh, uh, that'll take us to the ladder where, of course, the Northern Kahoo's sitting on top undefeated, 9-0, and haven't lost yet. And between them and the rest of the competition, it's a bit of a gap, Justin. Yeah, it is. Queens, Fire, Poakai, each with eight points. Hoi Ho on the bottom of that table with two points. And look, Kahu, everyone's talking about them. They're favourites to win the inaugural title. But as you well know, you get to a final four, anything can happen. And uh, I, I think it all starts again. We've got uh, one round to go. And then, of course, uh, sorry, a couple of rounds to go. And then we get into the final four being played down at the Trafalgar Centre in Nelson. Anything can happen. And what we do know about the Kahoos, they've got the skill, they've got the the class and the experience, but they also will go into the final four with three other teams hotly in pursuit and chasing them for that title. Yeah, I think teams are starting to figure each other out. And personally, I don't want to go into the finals undefeated. I'd like to have a little blemish first, so there's not all that pressure on it. Uh, It would be a little bit easier. I think uh, the teams that are undefeated probably have a little different feeling to it. But we've got another round of games here in round six to get to it. Uh, on Saturday, we've got the Northern Kahu versus the Tokamanawa Queens. Sunday, after we've got the Southern Hoiho versus the Mpoakai. And then it finishes up the Sunday afternoon with the Fi against the Tokamanawa Queens, pulling the double. They've got some travel to go there, but uh, a big game, especially that Fi Queens game in terms of seeding. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's uh, two big games for the Queens coming up this, uh, this weekend. And that Saturday night is a double header at Event Finder with the Tuatara and the Saints playing after that game. So two quality games to get along and have a look at if uh, if you're in Auckland or on the North Shore. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, that Tuatara team and how, how they've improved just a little bit over the week, uh, a little bit of return, a return of somebody coming back in as we'll take a look at, uh, after the break and take a look at the round 15 co- games coming up in the South NBL. And we'll have a little prediction about who's going to make the final six right after this. And welcome back on your Wednesday night to SENZ with Hoopheads. Casey Frank here with Justin Nelson and a bevy of basketball going on, not just in Aotearoa, but around the world. And before we get into the Sal's NBL and try to break our brains predicting who's going to make the final six on the countback, <laughs> uh, what's happening in the world of basketball that's floating your boat, Justin? 
Well, there's definitely plenty happening around the globe at the moment. Before I get into that, I've got a question for you, for you Casey, because you talk about brain busting. I love stretching your mind. It's a lot of fun. I, I, I feel like I can just lay you out on a couch and just, just <laughs> watch that mind tick over as I quiz you. But the Saints, now, obviously some reports earlier today from the league that with that win last night and, and you know, j- just the, the whole machination of how the final six works and, and how they work out ladder positions, the Saints are actually locked in uh, from what the league is telling us, which is an amazing, amazing run. I think they're, you know, they're six and one since, since Troy McLean um, stepped into the coaching chair. I just want to ask you the question with the Saints. If they go on and win it all this season, given where they've come from, what they've had to get through, more competitive competition. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They haven't had it all their own way, is what I'm saying. If they go on and win their 13th title, does it mean more this year, given what they've been up against, than, say, go back to 2019 when they went on a 20-and-zip run and literally thumped the competition with the the roster that they had? Which title wins more? Sorry, means more. Means more. Yeah, that's a good question. I I think... uh... You know, when you, if you ask the fans, they might have one opinion. Personally, as a player, you know, the pursuit of perfection is something uh, that is almost out of reach. And for a team, even in a, a semi-watered-down competition when maybe the, the, the cream was a, a bit higher and some of the chaff wasn't quite, quite up to snuff, I think uh, to go throughout an entire season for me and winning every game, that would be more of a win. I think, uh, you know, but for the fans in Wellington, I, I do know that, uh, that they enjoy an underdog. They enjoy having a, a local team. So, so you might be right. I think some of the fans might be looking at this one as a more enjoyable ride to come, come back with that underdog status. I've got no doubt if the Saints do get up next week at the final six, there will be some Saints fans that will say, of the 13 titles, this has been their greatest ever. Because um, that's how fans are built, right? They like the adversity. They like you know, coming from a, a position of being an underdog. Believe it or not, you know, there have been times, many times this season, where the Saints have been underdogs, which uh, I don't think we've said too many times over the years. Yeah, well, uh, so anyway, let, let's see what happens next week. It's a, it's a good debate. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while since I've been an underdog. I do know uh, one of my last seasons with the Saints, uh, we had the same type thing, and the fans really did enjoy that. Uh, and, of course, they, they do have two undefeated seasons as well. So so if you've got two undefeated seasons, yeah. maybe this come from behind uh, might might mean a little bit more for the guys. But, uh, on the outside, in the comments, Wealth games, we've had some fantastic basketball as uh, the three x three tall ferns and tall blacks teams had slightly different paths to the end of their runs. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really impressed with the with the three x three tall ferns. Um, you know, they they narrowly lost that semi final to, to Canada, which would have taken them through to the gold medal game. They came up against Australia in the semi finals, and I think they were leading at ten six at one stage, and then narrowly went down to the uh, to the Aussies about fifteen thirteen and. But I think there's a lot to be proud of with, with what they've achieved, um, the, the, the Tall Ferns. And, you know, 3x3 as a game is just, it's exploding around the world and certainly around the Commonwealth as well. We're seeing it right here in New Zealand before our eyes. And there's going to be a lot more opportunities at international level uh, for players who choose to go down the 3x3 path. And I think for New Zealand, um, there's certainly going to be a lot more medals on the table uh, in the future. The three three tall blacks were probably the disappointment for me. Mm. Um, I, I think that they will come away feeling like they could have achieved a little bit more. I know they had some interruption going in 
what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think they played their best basketball. Uh, you know, they, they were playing much better in that trip to France uh, uh, a, a couple weeks ago or about a month ago. Uh, they were playing good basketball then. They just could not find the offense. And you, when you do yeah. take somebody out in, in a three-man team and a four-man squad, when you take out a, a Nico McCulloch and you replace him with Richie Rogers, it's not about talent. It's about knowing what's going to do. And the 3x3 game especially, you know, that that's a game that's completely built on reads and reactions. And if you don't have that familiarity, it makes it tough. Nonetheless, that is a disappointing result for the Tall Blacks, uh, a 3x3 team. They didn't get it done. But I do want to tip my cap to the 3x3 women's team. Uh, I can't imagine how frustrating it would be that close to not only beat your rival uh, in Australia, which is always something that we like to do over here, Justin. We like to beat Australians. I don't know if you've heard this. <laughs> but uh, to, to not only lose to Australia, but that to lose the medal chance at the same time, it's got to be devastating. But uh, hold your heads high, uh, ladies. You, you, you acquitted yourselves fantastically. And uh, hopefully there's another uh, opportunity on the horizon shortly. I do see the funny side every week here on Hoopheads when everyone has to listen to an American and an Australian talking about basketball. Hold on, man. I'm a, don't talk about I'm a Kiwi, mate. Don't, don't talk to oh, me. No, I've got my okay. passport, homie. You don't, don't you, don't you oh, put no. love me into your basket of foreigner. I've chosen to be here. I am Kiwi through and through, mate. Come on now. <laughs> halfway, halfway through making that statement, I thought, uh-oh, here we go. I'm going to absolutely cop it here and true to form. Hey, listen, um, massive story this week around the world. Uh, with the passing of, of Bill Russell. I mean, w- what a legend, not only of the game, but transcends basketball, um, the accolades that have been pouring in uh, for this legend, this superstar. Um, and, and you know, a, a real early day uh, player within the game uh, who has helped turn not only the NBA, but basketball globally into the sport that it is today. Yeah, the, the ultimate winner and... and... When you hear about and read about the things that he had to go through as a player uh, and still was able to compete at the level he did, it's amazing. I mean, you're talking about people in, in his hometown and the Celtics breaking into his house, defecating in his bed. You know, of course, the, the racial uh, injustices that he had to go through. He wasn't allowed to eat with the team in the hotels that they were at in the road. And just some incredible things that he had to withstand. Uh, and not only did he withstand him, he conquered him. You know, he, he changed the way that athletes are viewed in sport, the way what he did uh, off the court before we get to his basketball accolades, you know, with the the Black Athlete Summit in the the early 60s with Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, uh, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there and the, just sort of g- grabbing uh, the their platforms and one of the first instances of ap- athletes using their fat- platforms for social justice was just really incredible uh, ahead of its time and uh, w- without him, who knows where, where athletes in sport would be today, much less black athletes that owe so much uh, of their opportunities today to the, the roads that he was a forebearer on. Yeah, very well said. Um, you know, and, and that is the, the transcending nature uh, of an athlete of this caliber. It's not just about you know, their exports and what they do in the, in, in the heat of the battle uh, you know, within the contest. It's about what they do in life outside of it. And, you know, you've only got to read um, a lot of the commentary around uh, Bill Russell and the accolades um, that have been forthcoming uh, this week, 88 years of age. And, um, you know, his, his ability to achieve on and off the court. We know what he did on the court. I mean, just, just amazing uh, the amount of, um, you know, championships and awards and, and, and all the other things that come with being a star. Uh, but then the way that he carried himself off the floor as well. Um, it's an incredible story. 
Yeah, just incredible. And talking about basketball, I mean, this is the ultimate winner. Uh, this is a man with 11 championship rings as a player, a couple as a coach, as a player coach as well. <laughs> he won one of those. Uh, uh, you know, the first black head coach in the NBA. Uh, nobody else had that opportunity before him. But he won at every level. And I, think of this, Justin. He had uh, 21 opportunities in elimination games uh, between college, uh, the Olympics, and, and the NBA. 21 elimination games. You, you, have a, you know what his uh, record was in those 21 elimination games? I'm guessing it was pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. 21 and 0 is pretty good. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's where that's at is pretty impressive. I mean, you can't talk about a better winner uh, than this man uh, on and off the court. Just just an amazing thing. I'll tell you what else is, is not too far away. Uh, obviously, we've got um, Final Six coming up, sales NBL, Final Four not too far away in, in the GJ Gardner Homes. But Coming up long, not long after that is the return of the Australian NBL. And importantly, mm. for every basketball fan here in New Zealand, the return of the Sky Sport Breakers. We're back, baby. NBL, NBL basketball from Australia. The Australian NBL is here. The Breakers get to play in New Zealand again. I mean, what what a couple of years those guys have had. They deserve some home court love. I hope everybody gets out and supports them. And it looks like a, a pretty good squad and rededicated to the Kiwiness of things this year, which is great to see uh, uh, some of those guys being getting opportunities to so some of the younger players as well. Don Fo- Don, Dan Fotu coming into the mix. Th- Thomas Amercrombie coming back. I just can't wait. Uh, not all the imports are done, but it is going to be another fantastic year for the Breakers, I think. Uh, Hopefully they can come back from the last couple years and and get some wins going now that they got some home games. Yeah, and and my uh, my typical friendly compatriots over there in Australia who (laughs) talk it up for a couple of years and say, thank you, New Zealand. Thank you, the Breakers. You know, we couldn't have done it without you. I think, what, five of their first seven games are away? Yeah, four, four of their first five for sure. That, that, that's the one that I got. Uh, it's uh, th- Thanks for all the hard work, guys. Now uh, keep coming flying over here and get some games. But, you know, uh, you got to do what you got to do. They still get to play, and we're still going to get half those games at home. Uh, so so that is a fantastic thing. And uh, uh, as we discuss, uh, we're going to finish up with some basketball when we come back after the break to just wrap things up and take that final look at the Sal's MBL and who's going to make the top six, what they have to do. Justin, we're not going to have all the answers, but we'll have some opinions, won't we? Uh, Absolutely. We've always got an opinion. That's what Hoopheads is all about. So stick with us. Welcome back to SENZ Radio for your Hoopheads fix on a Wednesday night. No Ricardo Ball, but you got me, Casey Frank, chatting with the man with a plan, Justin Nelson. And speaking about planning, we've got some planning to do around the Sal's NBL Final Six. The final's about to happen next week following the conclusion of Round 15. And a lot of stuff to work through here, Justin. Yeah, there certainly is. And, you know, know, what what a dream result for the league and for the game to be in a position where, you know, we may not see the final six decided until the very last game of the season mm. coming up this Sunday afternoon, Nuggets and Bulls. And, you know, you think about the lopsided nature of this competition over the years and, and the domination and, you know, teams in and out of business and in and out of the league and all that sort of stuff. I mean, right now, just the competitive nature of this competition, it really has captured 
the hearts and minds of the fans across the country. It's exciting to see. Uh, there's nothing like uh, coming down to the final week of the season and still everybody with so much skin in the game. Everybody's got a chance. All you got to do is get in, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, there's a couple of teams that have ticked their tickets. Uh, it's been clipped. The Taranaki Airs and the Nelson Giants, uh, they're fighting for that top two spot. Whoever gets that win in Thursday night's game, they're going to be number one. The the loser will most likely be number two, unless it's the Taranaki Airs, and then possibly the Tuatara can get all the way up to two. Uh, and they've got some improved players coming on the way. Yeah, they have. Chris Johnson flew into the country earlier today. Tucky Farrison back from the Asia Cup bronze medalist. Well done to him. And there's still a little bit of a whisper. There's a murmur. It's, it's just echoing through the streets of Auckland at the moment that Kurt Penny will be playing on Saturday against the Saints. Ooh, a return of the Kirkus. I mean, it's been rumored for a while. The hopes have been gotten up. I see Kirk occasionally uh, here and there. He's still looking, fighting fit, and I know that Jimmy is good. But, man, what what a time to bring in Kirk Penny. At the end of the season, the team's still got to try and job. you got to bring Chris Johnson back in, and we know that Kirk can't play in the finals. So it would be a bit of an exhibition, but, man, it would be a heck of a, heck of a team if Kirk, Kirk Penny's out there shooting jumpers on the wing. Yeah, and maybe it does come down to the result tomorrow night. I mean, let's look at that game first of all. The Giants and the Airs. The Giants, very good last night. The Saints got home by 10, though. The first time that the Giants have lost on the road this season, such has been their record away from the Trafalgar Centre. Now, this is what tomorrow night's game means. If the Giants win, they finish on top. It's the first time that they will have finished the regular season as the top team since 1994. If they win... The Airs then become susceptible to not ending up in the top two. Because if the Tuatara then beat defeat the uh, Saints on Saturday night, the Tuatara will go to second. Now, don't forget, finishing first and second means you're straight through to the semifinals. So if you finish third, fourth, fifth or sixth, to win the whole thing this season, you effectively have to win three games in four days. And that's going to be tough. So there's a lot on the line. Tomorrow night is John. And for me, it's all about the number one seed. That number one seed always has the team they're about to play having played the night before when they had the night off. That rest is going to be invaluable. Uh, so not only if you're not a top two seed, you have to win three in a row, but if you're that number two seed as well, you're going to have to play them back-to-back nights. It is not easy to do when a team is sitting there w- waiting for you. So uh, the, the the Giants are still extremely hopeful of getting that top seed, especially for them. They might have less depth than any of the other title contenders we're looking at. So who wins tomorrow night? So for me, sellouts, by the way, this game sold out 48 hours uh, before tip-off tomorrow night, which is quite amazing. Thursday night in New Plymouth. I don't know when the last time they had a sellout. I certainly don't know if they've ever finished the regular season on top of the ladder. I think the Airs have way more to play for tomorrow night than the Giants, and I think the Airs get it. Yeah, I think between the two teams, uh, I think on the home court, the the Nelson Giants, uh, yeah, it's been a, a dream season for them, but this is a, a heavy load of talent against them. Not a full-strength team just yet, the Airs. They're still going to wait on Winyard and Rogers to come back, but I think I do like the Airs in this one. And yeah, this what, what, what a comeback it would be for them. I mean, I, I, I don't know the old BP Bears days, but when Taranaki came back into the league as the, uh, the Airs, uh, I think that first game they lost to the Waikato Pistons, something like a one 60 to 70 something it was pretty it was yeah. pretty impressive yeah. that first game back so what a long road uh, those fans are deserving i'm glad they're going to be at packed house for it uh that is going to be a good one well you take out the 2020 showdown 
in the four full cells NBL seasons around that 2020 uh, anomaly, the Airs this season have just about won more games than those four seasons put together. I mean, that's how good this turnaround has been, and that's how exciting it is uh, for this particular team. I think they get tomorrow night. I think they sew up first position, and I think they go into the final six as the favourites to win the whole thing. By the way, before last night's loss to the Saints, the last team that the Giants lost to, Taranaki Airs, there it is. Uh, that, that's a, it's tough. You know, as good as Nelson is, the top flight talent of the Airs, of the Saints, it's going to be difficult for them to contest with. And, and with Chris Johnson, I think you put the Tuatara up there too. Uh, the next game of the week, we've got the Sharks and the Bulls. The Sharks looking for a little bit of pride against a Bulls team that will have to play desperate for the win. Uh, an improved game against Taranaki, they had that 18-point lead, but they got to close it out if they hope to have a sniff of the finals. Yeah, and look, by my reckoning here, Casey, if the Bulls win this game, the final six will not be determined until Sunday's game between the Nuggets and the Bulls. So there's so much hinging on this game uh, for the Bulls, obviously. I think Corey Webster is going to step out this weekend and just remind everybody the star that he is. I think he's going to have a huge weekend to finish off the regular season. He's going to give the Bulls a chance to make the final six that they have to get over the first hurdle. And that's the Sharks team that not only will be desperate to, to, to play you know, the party trooper role, but they will also be desperate for pride, as you said, because their performances in round 14 were pretty smelly, to be honest. They, they did not play well at all. And uh, I think they're going to want to bounce back in front of their home fans. Huge game Friday night. I think Bulls get it on the road with Corey Webster dominating. Yeah, I think the Bulls, uh, Corey Webster, but also Anzac Rosetto, he had his game of, the, game of his career last week as well. Didn't get the win, but I like what he's doing. Uh, this is the one. The, the next game is the key. The Hawks and the Rams. Whatever happens to this one, I think this is the game that decides who and who's not going to make it. Uh, what, what do you think, Justin? Who you got winning this? Yeah, no, it, it, it's the right call. If the Hawks win, uh, they're through. They're going to make it. Um, if, if the Rams win, they're in with a shot because then all of a sudden we're looking at a mini ladder. And the mini ladder, because we're looking at nine wins apiece, Bulls are going to end up on nine wins. It's a ch- and if the Bulls end up on nine wins, it means the Nuggets end up on nine wins. So you're then going to have the Rams, the Hawks, the Nuggets, the Bulls, all on nine wins. Forget about the Saints and the Tuatara for the moment. If that happens, so if the Bulls win both and the Rams beat the Hawks, you then have four teams on nine wins. I'll tell you right now, the worst team in that mini ladder situation are the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks. The Hawks are in grave danger. They can't afford it. They can't afford it. In this game, on their home court, their full strength, I'm going the Hawks for this one. Really impressed with the Rams last week. As I said, they reminded us all just what they're capable of doing. Um, they're playing for, for the final six, as the Hawks are. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. It was last time these two teams met. Don't forget, Tawana AG on debut in the Cellars NBL with a basket on the buzzer to get the Hawks across the line. I think the Hawks start favourite at home. I, I think you've got to start favourite on your home deck, but they haven't been great this season. They on have their not. Home deck. The window, the door is open for the Rams. Classic fence-sitting stuff, mate. I've got no idea which way it's going to go. And a couple of minutes to get through these last two games. The Saturday night, the second half of that doubleheader uh, from the Tuahihi League, it will be the Tuatara 
and the Saints. The Saints apparently don't have to win this one. It would have been more fun if they did against a resurgent Tuatara squad that's going to have pretty much everybody in the lineup. This could be one of the battles of the season. Uh, I thought I got to like the Saints. They have been rolling, uh, and the Tuatara, they might get there in the end, but it's a little too soon to, to come up to Trump's right now. Well, that's the news out of the league today. They've had Einstein's great, 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 great grandchildren working overtime trying to work out how things may end up. The word is, regardless of this result, the Saints are going to make it. We don't know whether they're going to finish third, fourth, fifth or sixth. Big game for Tuatara if the Airs lose tomorrow night because all of a sudden the incentive for the Tuatara is win and they get uh, a top two berth and go straight through the semifinal. So a lot of it depends on what happens tomorrow night. I, look, based on form, you've got to go Saints. I mean, right now, I know Chris Johnson comes back in, but that, that matchup, Chris Johnson and Xavier Cooks, wow. Ooh, that's going to be a heck of a barnstormer. What a game. The talent just goes from strength to strength. And then the final game of the year, if the Bulls come along to play, they get that win against the Sharks. It could come down to this. The Nuggets hosting the Bulls on Sunday af- uh, evening, uh, Sunday early afternoon. What a game. This could be all the marbles. We're almost out of time. Who are you thinking, Justin? What do you got? Bulls to beat the Sharks Friday night, Nuggets to beat the Bulls and be the heartbreaker on Sunday afternoon. Ooh, I got to agree with you. I think it's the Nuggies as well. As much as I like what the Bulls have done this season, that is, they're not just going to get it over. And that is going to bring me to Casey's call. I'm going to finish on this one. Looking at the ladder. Here we go. go. My call on the top six is... The Rams and the Bulls are going to miss out. It's going to go, the the way it's looking right now is how it's going to go into the finals. And we're going to have a smorgasbord of basketball for the aficionado when we come into the finals week next week. Can't wait for next week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.